Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights. And this week we're talking about outsourcing risk. So Chris, can you lead us in? I think you've got an example of a data breach. Yeah, yeah. So this was a, a recent case um, to do with a, a company. Uh, so this is reported uh, in, in, the, in the media. And uh, the story um, talks about a company called um, Sabre Hospitality Solutions, who um, produce a platform for sort of travel bookings. Uh, and a, a company that, uh, that used this, um, uh, this platform... Uh, called uh, Carson uh, Wagonlit Travel uh, make travel bookings on behalf of lots and lots of companies um, and uh, you know large companies with lots of employees and um, the report uh, suggests that um, uh, individual personal data from employees of uh, third-party companies was leaked through the um, through the travel booking platform so it wasn't leaked by the person that these companies subcontracted to but uh, the 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 risk occurred or the the data breach occurred uh, at um, another step removed uh, so you know a company that they hadn't entered into a direct contract with uh, and I just thought it was a really good example of um, sort of situations where uh, outs- outsourcing um, services uh, effectively leads to the outsourcing of risk. Okay. All right. Nice platform. Um, so you can either be yourself, Chris, or yeah, okay, Peter. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of you developed that a little bit further. Yeah. Well, so so um, it's it's not a dissimilar. So this is particularly uh, prevalent in um, in a digitally interconnected world. It's not it's not a massively dissimilar problem to say something like the um, the subprime mortgage crisis, where you've you've got lots of risk uh, or you, you've got a certain amount of risk out there and it's kind of packaged up in a way that's opaque uh, and that you can't you can't um, you, you know necessarily see where it is you, you know you're exposed to to risk but it's difficult to determine exactly where it is because it's pack, packaged up in in sort of little little bits um, and you know we're all we're all exposed to this this risk is it's kind of the the phenomenon of um, of cascading risk that uh, when you've got these interconnected systems and globalization is a good, a good example of this, um, you the very thing that makes us stronger, this interconnectedness, also makes us weaker at the uh, at the same time. So you know from everything from uh, things like financial uh, crises um, and through to uh, sort of political crises like the Arab Spring, where interconnectedness of uh, of a particular region of the world led to, you know, um, contamination of political political risk, or from, uh, you know, computer viruses like the like the WannaCry system and the leakage of that across all or the, the different want inter- cry, Chris, or, or want to cry as I I, I like to call it, um, but through to to real uh, real viruses like uh, you know swine flu or something like that in a in a global world where people are moving and uh, you know bumping into one another. Um, there's there's a much greater chance of risk um, 
contamination effectively and, and uh, r- risk not just being shared and diluted, but risk actually being magnified by this, this sort of... Yeah. Um, and amplified. amplified. So this yeah. is, so, it, so, I mean, what on the surface of it looks that could be quite different because we could be talking about, as you say, a physical virus or it could be, in this case, we're talking about the outsourcing of risk or it could be, um, as you say, um, like a digital virus. Actually, it, all of them have uh, something in common, which is that we live in a, a, a more interconnected world than we used to and globalisation, etc. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that's yep. right. And, and it's particularly pronounced, I think, with sort of online digital risk because we are, you know, we're effectively now living... Uh, in the digital world, kind of cheek by jowl with one another, you know, it's like a, it's like an overpopulated sh- shanty town, you know, and without without sort of proper sanitation, we're all going to get cholera or something, you know, and and uh, uh, the, the the same is true in this in this digital world. We need some kind of system for digital sanitation. Uh, nice analogy, like it, uh, Peter. Uh, well, there's. there's dim view of the world from Chris there uh, I just want to take slight issue with something you kind of uh, fl- throwaway phrase you used in the your intro Chris about outsourcing risk now I, I, I don't think you can actually outsource risk I don't think that kind of makes sense so imagine right so you're the you're that company that's providing um, travel booking services to your clients and in the pro in order to do that you're outsourcing part of your operation i in this case the platform that you use to conduct those bookings so sort of presumably it's a web a web websites with a web pages with uh customer facing forms and a database and it's going out to other databases to hotel databases to make bookings and things um now your the 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 your use so you're so you're using this thing it's all going great but then suddenly you find that some of your clients data has been exposed by this thing below you um now i i what, so what i mean is you're, you 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 still own the operational commitment to your customer and as a result of this you your your ability to operate is 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 perhaps curtailed because you can no longer get any more customers can nobody trust you anymore so you're not so you own all the impact of the risk the prob all the potential problem but by outsourcing part of your operation to somebody else you've out what all you've out you haven't outsourced any of the impact they don't take any of the of the down of the downer from it but you have outsourced the likelihood of it being made to happen so you own the bad bit of the risk and you outsource the bit that's potentially most you'd like to control the most to to a company so i think yeah i mean there's there's obviously I mean, they do get a downside in the in the reputational side of things because it does emerge who who ultimately was was responsible. But but yes, and I suppose you you also have limited control over it as yeah. well. And I think I think that I think the problem yeah is is that there's often in sort of outsourcing and uh, and supplier consumer relationships there's there's a there's a um, assumption that you can outsource the risk that if I give Fraser a job to do and him doing that job enables me to deliver something to my customer then i can just sort of let him crack on and do it and everything will be fine and if it all goes wrong well we're all we're all we're all suffering from planning bias and that's not going to happen but if it is if it does then fraser will kind of take the fall for it but actually i will also take the fall because i uh, my 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 product or service or good is 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 dependent on fraser's performance yeah and i and i and i and i think there's i you know i've have 
seen how contracts relationships and things work they they, they do try to tackle this so you, they do try to um, in within the contract model um, explore potential ways that things could go wrong so that um, and then there are mechanisms for for recourse so I could delay payments or reduce payments to Fraser if he's not meeting specific targets and things like that. But often these, they, 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 I, I find I've found them wanting in the past because they never deal with catastrophic things. Like if Fraser gives away all my customers' data, they, they never bother with that because the chance of it is so slim. But it does happen, um, and the, it, often the the way that risk analysis is done is kind of a, a simple list of things that could go wrong with a bit of you know, the kind of traditional red amber green analysis of risk of how 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 bad it is at the moment uh with a simple likelihood likelihood low medium high score on an impact low medium high score and no and, and not really any more clever than that uh i mean i i think i think the 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 kind of interesting uh or or the the difficult to solve problem here is this this um balance between uh wanting you're outsourcing the thing so you you the whole point is you don't want to have the responsibility of carrying out this activity so in outsourcing you you effectively do want to hand over responsibility uh for the risk but you don't lose the exposure to the risk um so so on the one hand you want them to act autonomously uh and to take care of this thing for you on the other hand you want to check on them and make sure that they're they're doing it properly, particularly when it become it comes to things like uh, you know d- uh, um, personal data. Yeah, data and, and and yeah, often you'd include sort of measures of performance. So you know, uh, which would include really um, seemingly trivial things like does Fraser turn up to the monthly meetings and stuff? Because that's usually an indicator if people don't turn up to meetings or are late or or, or don't get on the phone in time. Usually means that there's some systemic problem that's it would it, it cause you to distrust them more. Not that I not that Fraser's ever late and I trust him implicitly, <laughs> but uh, but the, but but so that that does happen. So you put measures in and you have you have means of uh, imposing sanctions to encourage certain behaviours. But what I what I think is missing is some sort of is a more detailed risk analysis, more detailed risk modeling and mapping exercise. So you can understand as a sort of man in the middle how a system failure, a really low level system failure within your supplier would uh, would would sort of cascade up and affect your your customer. So look, just uh, aside from the fact I don't know how comfortable I am sort of being the sort of the the example for sources of risk in each. Well, you're example. you're always the you're always the the, the example of the but. Uh, okay. So. But but where does that leave this? It sounds like what we're saying is is oh, it's more, it's there are more risks now, or it's it's there. It can be harder to identify what risks there are in a more interconnected world. Um, uh, and but one of the things that Peter says, well, that may be the case, but still, you know, you've got um, a care of duty to your customer, or and and you'll be contractually, you've still got to sort of take care of, uh, consider that. I mean, where do we go from that? Is it just that it's more complicated and it's more onerous for the provider? I mean, well, I think I think it's trying to because it's because it's so complicated. Potentially, you know, if you're a large if you're a large multinational company and you think about your supply chain. 
uh, and your supply chain's supply chain and so on and so forth. And it's probably all circular. At some point, you're probably providing services for somebody in your supply chain and so on. Um, then it's massively complex. And so it's probably beyond the ability of uh, people to keep track of and sensibly make um, sensibly do risk analysis on and so that's why you know these systems are designed with various sort of fire breaks in them but the problem is at the moment you know systems for you take central government where you know um, information risk is is of uh, you know primary concern mostly what they do to prevent data from from going where it shouldn't is prevent you from from sending that data anywhere or prevent you from using things that are actually quite useful like you know mapping data or you know sharing your location or uh, whatever it might be so they're, they're usually prohibitive measures uh, and you know I, I, I think you think about someone like um, Chelsea Manning the, the reason Chelsea Manning had access to all of that data was because that data wasn't um, allowed to move between the systems automatically it had to be sort of carried physically by a person on a thumb drive between between systems and that in itself created a, a, a an extra risk but so it's it's it, i suppose it's creating technologies that um allow the liberal use of useful things but somehow um you know mitigate the the risks that 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 poses but isn't the point making sure so the sort of safeguards you've talked about being in place in central government for example isn't it about making sure that three or four, five, six steps removed from yourselves that they're doing the same, and the challenges in doing in that, in in, in accomplishing that? Yeah, ex- exactly. And and you know there are schemes to 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 do that, like um, a sort of certification of your digital skills from from government. You know that they encourage their supply base to reach a minimum standard of, and and that's presumably why they encourage that and in, invest in in that. But um, you know, it's the ex- extent to which that actually does does protect you, and you know, and you may well do that with your suppliers. But have your suppliers done it with their suppliers? That's the that's the yeah. issue. I yeah, um, we're actually fairly close to wrapping up. Um, who wants to come in on something? Ideally, if it, especially if it rounds it off. Well, I, I don't know if it rounds it off uh, unless unless you bird the edges because I'm going to talk about engineering choices and design choices because a lot of risk how how does that get into this so as an engineering choice if, if you're outsourcing something that you don't want to do yourself um there there are ways of designing it and chris has touched on a couple so introducing fire breaks so that you know that um there are control mechanisms that kick in perhaps even physically to prevent a failure of one kind from affecting another but also, I mean, you can engineer redundancy. You can, you can, you can have two people doing something, whereas before there was only one. But all these these come at a cost. Think other design choices which don't necessarily come at a cost are just different ways of slicing the pie. So, so if you're as a if you're outsourcing your entire IT system, as the Ministry of Defence say, you could get one supplier to do all of it, uh, and have one huge overarching contractual agreement with them, uh, and then potentially in a large degree of opacity to what's going on or you could slice it up and you could you could give smaller chunks to more suppliers to to spread the the way that the 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 likelihood of risks comes about so a supplier could go down and uh your 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 system largely stays up 
just some of it falls apart. But then um, you suddenly get complexity of you. Then you, yeah, you, there's a cost of complexity of contracting, a cost of coordination, etc. But then there's a, there's, a, there's another there's another sort of slight twist where rather than having a clear um, break between supplier and consumer, you can engineer uh, you can engineer su- uh, su- um, supply mechanisms where that line is more blurred and you maintain as the authority part of the responsibility for doing some of the key functions within that and likewise they they take on some of the key functions within your organization so that to enable to enable our sort of team spirit and better communication and all sorts of things but also to manage the risk more more intelligently so as the authority you might want to take retain on board those key parts of the, the system which generate the most risk you know in other words the bits that are most likely to go wrong or that that generate the greatest uh, uh, greatest impact and we see that this is this is happening more and more there's a model of outsourcing uh, IT services where keeper components like the system architecture designing how how something is going to operate uh, and designing how the systems will actually function is retained within the authority because that's often the bit that is unable to respond to changes in the environment. Okay. Uh, I think final word to you, Chris. Yeah, I, sp- I suppose this, this really uh, comes comes back to um, a- an issue of guarding against complacency and, uh, you know, at a very basic level, just ensuring that, um, you know, that you're not thinking when you, when you outsource a service for something that you aren't... Uh, taking your eye off the ball with regards to um your your risk exposure yeah and i think a a nice way of doing that to wrap it with a give it an analytical bent is there are analytical methods that we've used lots in the past that can aid in this so simple as part of the contractual dialogue with a supplier why not do some scenario generation dream up all the potential ways that something could go wrong um and and look for ways of, of of engineering the the solution to, to to mitigate against those okay all right um we'll finish there um again you're trying to think of something pithy to say well i would say yeah let when we do future podcasts let's let's not always blame me okay when we need, when we, we need another we need another fall guy yeah um you need to hire a roadie uh, you need to have an intern that we can poke fun at yeah well you're the roadie <laughs> well yeah i end up setting up your mic while you, you make coffee or something but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay well I don't, I don't like being the 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 butt of jokes to be honest no <laughs> i'm i'm more than happy to i think be. you're i think you're qualified for that actually yeah i don't I'm mind more than happy to be but i don't mind chris doesn't mind being a butt of jokes oh there we go so no, i feel i feel happy in my um in my role and destiny okay We'll wrap up there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Ragg and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. Um, Thank you, and until next time, bye-bye.